Tokozani, Magu, Namaste, Selbona, I see you and recognize the divine in you, in me, in all of us. I am Gogo Tulegani. I'm a Sangoma medicine woman, priestess, seer, diviner, time traveler, and all of the great things that my ancestors have created me to be. I am devoted to the ancient ways of the ones before me who were healers, wisdom keepers, who understood the stars, the warriors, and I am a keeper of the wisdom of the elements of nature. This audio series, Ancestral Dreams, and prophecies is a gateway or a sacred space to see our dreams as teachers and helpers for those on a spiritual journey by demystifying the ancestral realm, our subconscious, and to build bridges between our individual dreams and to share what fuels and inspires my work as an ancestral healer. Thank you for joining the journey. Welcome back to the sacred space. It's me, Gogo Tule, and I'm here today to first share some dream perspectives based on a dream that was sent to me by a beautiful being on Instagram. And then I'm going to go into this conversation around animal spirits, or what um, I guess modern spiritual folks call animal totems, um, deriving from the term that Native Americans use to describe um, some of their spirits. So. We're at episode seven. Wow. You know, when I first did the the first episode, I only had a few topics in mind and it has, this journey has just come together magically um, and evolved in ways that I I didn't see it going in the beginning. And so I just want to express my gratitude always um, for the things that are unfolding in this space, for the light bulbs that are going off in your mind, and um, hopefully the things that you're learning here. So with that being said, let's get started. So this person writes, I saw a wound on my right foot around the inner side of of the ankle area. The wound was open and round and I noticed long white worms slithering away, i.e. it has it exited from the open wound. As I looked closer, I noticed another one was trying to exit. So I squeezed the area and it came out. I felt around the area for more, but realized they they had all exited. I'd love to hear your perspective. It shook me, but feel it was it has a positive meaning. So with this dream, it's very interesting, um, especially with the topic today. But it's interesting because you noticed a wound, so something that in our bodies needs to be healed. You noticed it at your feet. Mm-hmm. And what are our feet? There are a way that we get from one place to another. It's how we walk. Um, it is our foundation and, and, and how we ground with the earth. And so for me, it's speaking about, and then the, well, the worm and the worm is white and white is usually associated with purification and light. So for me, it's just interesting that you're noticing a wound, something that is needing healing. And, um, this energy, this light is, or this white energy, these worms are coming out, Um, and they're all, they've all come out. So to me, it speaks about some healing energy that is happening within you. Um, one thing that our dreams allow us to witness is how energy is moving in our lives. So 
you know, we think we talk about seeing auras and, and seeing energy and seeing and feeling our chakras. And so to me, this dream really reflects you seeing how energy is moving in your life at this time. Um, certain energies coming out of the body and slithering away. So there's this clearing or this washing that is happening. And it can be helpful to, to for me, it's like you're witnessing um, how energy is moving in your life. And sometimes you we are able to correlate this with what is actually happening in our day-to-day lives. Are you someone who, you know, you have been feeling blocked for a long time, but now you're in a season of your life or, or, or these, ne- these past couple of days, you feel like things are opening. Um, if you are someone who has been really um, doing a lot of personal development or self-healing or really getting more dedicated into your spiritual practice, this dream is showing you how the energy is moving around your work. Um, and I, you know, how we feel in our dreams is always also a part of the interpretation. Even though this was intense, you deal, you did feel like it was a positive meaning. And um, I, for me, I also when I when we have dreams, I also pay attention to a person's character um, in the dream. So it's like you notice this wound, you saw stuff coming out, and you intentionally started to pick at it to to be a part of this healing or this clearing that is happening so there's something about your soul and yourself that is is self-healing at this time and recognizing certain issues and like oh that's there all right let me pick the continue to pull this away so for me it's a very it shows me just a, a very interesting aspect of your character or your energy field at this time and that's my perspective So this first excerpt that I want to share around animal spirits comes from a creation story. Um, I shared this a little while ago on Instagram, but I thought it was very important to share now and to remind us as well as um, just a way of, I I really love creation stories. I kind of used to be annoyed at the fact that there were so many different ones but they give us perspectives they give us more metaphors about how we have come to be and and where we come from and so this excerpt comes from Bradford Keeney um, who wrote the book The Bushman Way of Tracking God it's one of the books that I list on my frequently asked questions list and um, so this is what he says in the beginning there were no words The Bushmen called this world first creation. Here, every living creature communicated with all the other creatures. Every living being was able to become the other creatures. In first creation, I may look like a human being now, but in an instant, I could become a giraffe. As long as everything changed into any and everything else, there was no sickness and no death. First creation was a paradise of change and never-ending transformation. Then the world stopped. It was brought to a stillness with the introduction of names and language. When a momentarily striped animal called a zebra was called a zebra, it was tricked into believing it could only be one form, one thing. It no longer believed that it could be a butterfly or a crocodile. This is when so-called problems and sufferings began to appear. When life does not naturally and effortlessly change, it tries to do so in other ways. Sickness shows up. You get sick as an alternative means of changing you. Death comes knocking at the door. It suggests that there is another life after this stationary life. 
Words brought an end to paradise and created another world, what the Bushmen call second creation, the creation of naming, explaining, and holding on to a rigid set of beliefs not only stopped the animals from changing, but it put an end to the ease through which life forms could change or shapeshift into one another. It also sent out word that it was better to sit still and rationally understand rather than jump with motion and stand with the emotion of the divine heart's love supreme. So that's the first excerpt. And I think that it's, you know, it's bringing in this idea that we used to be very much connected with nature in a deep way, so intertwined that we saw ourselves in many, many different forms. And this ability to shapeshift is something that is very common in a lot of indigenous and shamanic spiritual practices. Um, this second excerpt comes from an encyc encyclopedia of African culture written by Malif Malifi Kete Asante and Ama Mazama. So in this excerpt, it says that many African stories hold that long ago people and animals could communicate and that individuals in some cultures were able to become one with specific animals. Over time, this ability was lost to most people except for special, except for select specialists such as hunters, healers, shamans, priests, and priestesses. Although communication was no longer possible, reverence remained. Animals, because of their complex human-like activities, were early teachers of humans, in the sense that humans learned from watching animal behavior. By observing their behavior, Africans were able to discover in-depth information about themselves and their world. These animals then became symbols, and their images were used to convey important information. So when you look at you know, ancient Egypt or Kemet, for example, the sun deity Ra is shown as a falcon or, or um, a being with wings and many of the natures or gods are shown and the falcon is a bird of strength and aggressiveness and it soars high like the sun with the sun. So it was associated with Ra. Um, there, the this excerpt continues by saying their connection to the natural world motivated the ancient Africans to identify themselves with animal totems that best fit or embodied the power or ability of that particular animal. The ancient Africans paid their respect to and held animals in high regard because they believed that specific animals possessed certain characteristics or features of the gods who revered them. It was one of the ways that the divine could manifest itself for human perception and understanding. So looking at those two quotes and excerpts, you understand that there was a strong connection to animals again that each animal had a particular quality that matched the God or the people of that time. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the ways that I understand this is that we, you even hear now in, in these days in Africa and in these indigenous um, spaces where families or clans or certain lineages have a totem or an animal spirit that they associated with themselves with. So there was an animal like a snake or like a rhino that was revered, um, whose qualities matched something about the way those people were. 
um, animals that they lived amongst, animals that they interacted with, animals that they spoke to. So what that actually looks like is you would see in 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 more um, in 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 more ancient or original times, and even now you see Africans um, creating masks that describe um, certain stories behind some of the animals or some of the spirits that they are associated with. You see them wearing animal skins, you know, the leopard print. And showing that they represent the energy of this animal or sometimes leopard print in general just signifies royalty. This is why you see in many African traditions, Native American traditions, many other traditions, headdresses with feathers and colors and beads and all of these things to represent the spiritual characteristics or the many different forms that spirit can manifest. So. One of the things that we also see from um, our ancestral traditions is that a lot of times animals will, they come in a form of an animal, but they represent something, right? They can represent a characteristic, but they can also represent an ancestor. So this is one of the reasons why in my first episode, I shared about the lion spirit and that first dream where I talked about, um, the lion coming and me running away, but eventually it drawing a face to represent which, what ancestor, what person it was aligned with. Um, this is why in the Black Panther movie um, that came out here in, in the States and in the world, um, you saw um, T'Challa go into the ancestral realm and the Panthers appeared and one came out of the tree and then shape-shifted into um, his father. So from our perspective, we see that the ancestors come to us in our dreams and in our visions and through these different states of, of spirit to show us who they are, who they were, what you're connected to, what is a part of your spiritual council of elders um and how your people interacted with some 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 spirits because even um in some lineages where they the snake was a, a representation of them you know they may have interacted with the snake in such a way and found it so sacred that they never they vowed to never kill that animal or they vowed to always do this or there were certain rituals and ways of reverence that were formulated around um, acquiring the magical powers or the magical abilities of these spirits. It's very interesting because, I mean, we as human beings, we understand from science that and biology that we too are animals. We, we are animals. So we understand them. And I was reading something about um, Kenyan culture and they were talking about this group in Kenya of people who they were talking about uh, the, the word or the term that they use for greetings. So a word that they use for hello, a word that they use for how are you doing? And it was talking about how they would use this word to greet people and to greet animals. So just reinforcing this concept and this idea that they are a part of our family. They are a part of who we are. Um, another way that you, I have seen this manifest and that also exists is that in some of the Wiccan, witchy, pagan circles, they have this concept of familiars. Um, I don't know a lot about this, but you know, if you've ever seen like a witchy movie, the witch in the movie always has like a cat as their their pet or their their best friend that also speaks to them and helps them and is always going on adventures with them. 
Um, I even once like randomly, you know how sometimes you look for a movie to Netflix and chill with yourself. Um, I randomly started watching this movie. It was like this European, um, what is the word? Um, this European movie, but it was like mystical in a sense, um, or sci-fi in a sense. And it was about this young girl and her journey. I don't remember what happened. I may have fell asleep, but Every child, every person, every adult in the movie had a familiar or had an animal, like a physical animal that walked with them, that was with them all the time. They leaned on them. They asked them questions. They, you know, they talked to them. They spent time with them. Like, you know, when we were younger, some of us had invisible friends. Um, Animal spirits have that frequency about them. So I want to go into just some of the basic understandings to really solidify this before I, I share some more perspectives and, and storytelling. So because animal spirits have a powerful quality or um, a character or magical ability that they possess, they usually... Um, are associate they're usually matching something about who we are or what we are meant to learn so right now in a lot of spiritual communities they we consider animal spirits as a sign or an omen about something in your life it can be a guide or an ancestor or it can be a message that okay the um I'm only thinking about lions right now, but, you know, the lions represent um, strength and courage. And so you, the lion may be coming into your life at this time um, because you are needing to learn more around courage, that you need more confidence around the speeches and the motivational speaking that you do or the artwork that you do or whatever it is. They can come into your life to be a sign or an omen that you need to reflect or, oh, this is a period of time when there's major transformation in your life. Um, You know, kind of like snakes. Snakes generally represent transformation, kundalini energy, and things of that nature. So you may see a lot of snakes in a time of your life that is very transformative when you're having a lot of spiritual awakening symptoms, um, as well as the fact that like to me when I look at animals I always look at them from three perspectives they are a reflection of me they are a reflection of of something that I need to know about myself they are a reflection of something that my ancestral guides are trying to bring forth or they are a reflection of something an omen or a message that I need to understand at this time Um, animal spirits can come and go they say that we have certain spirits that are like our guide for us for you know this lifetime Um, but many many different animals can come it's you don't I I doubt anybody, I have yet to see anybody that just has a connection to one animal spirit. Um, One thing that is also um, generally understood, or or maybe not, maybe it's new to you, but um, it is a spirit, much like all the spirits, really. You know, when we think about spiritual guides and deities, um, sometimes some spirits come to just assist us with something. Or if we have a certain petition, we go to a spirit that is really good with that. Um, so, but with animal spirits, it's more common that they choose you more than you choose them. It's a connection. 
Um, people also look at actual physical animals. So like when you see a butterfly or a physical butterfly or you see a snake or you see this in this physical realm, they will associate um, the significance of that moment in time and of seeing them as an omen and as a message. So you can see animal spirits physically um, with significance and animal spirits in the dream or in your visions. Um, one of the things that I I want to share is that um, I animal spirits were something that I really wanted to understand but couldn't quite put my finger on and um, I laugh about it now because how do you tame an animal right Um, but when I started on this spiritual path you know you come across all this information like meditations to discover your spiritual your your animal totem and this that and the third Um, and I remember like way back in the day when tumblr was like really really um popular and I spent all of my time on there before getting on Instagram Um, but I remember following this um, person who had a page on there that always wrote her meditations and the experiences that she would have and the spaces that she would travel and sometimes you hear about people always seeing an animal spirit so it kind of created this expectation but it didn't come for me that way. This, like I said earlier, the animal spirits came when they wanted. They chose me in that moment of time or chose to reveal themselves at that moment of time, and they did. On the other hand of the spectrum, I've given people, you know, I remember a long time ago when I started life coaching, I or spiritual life coaching, I, you know, I was working with someone and I was just noticing certain things about them. And I said, you know what, you should try this meditation to discover your spiritual guide. And um, this person did it and he immediately connected with his animal spirit. So they can come in different ways. The timing is significant. It also depends on how receptive and open you are. And one of the things that I, I just feel like is that it's, it's, you know, when I would hear stories about shamans and how they could shapeshift into different animals or how they could invoke certain spirits in them, it made it seem like there was this control or this, um, control is a strong word, but this ability to just invoke the spirit and the animal spirits just didn't seem like that um, at certain periods of time. But they're always with us. And one thing that I've realized or a perspective that I've adopted for now is that let's say, you know, an animal, you you do get revelations of, of an animal spirit coming to you and they always come to you when you meditate or they always, you know, it's like this continual process um for you that's great good um but for example if you do see animals in your dreams and it seems like it's been it's like months and years until there's an interaction again you know there's two reasons for that one let's say the animal 
the lion spirit comes to you at a time where you need courage, right? And you're getting ready to do a presentation for work. Um, you got to get up in front of all these people and speak and be courageous. Um, or, you know, you've been working on your music for years and it's time to now share it with the world. But for some reason, you're just not ready and you retract and you don't post it or you don't do that live performance or you don't, you, you say, you know, can somebody else do this speech? I don't want to do it. Then you are kind of like rejecting this idea of embodying the courage. And so I've noticed that some spiritual guides will circle back around at a time when we're ready to receive the lesson or we're ready to embody that leopard cloth. Um, And there's nothing wrong with this. It's just a matter of like relationships. You know, the more time you spend with certain characters or certain people, the more you align with them. And animal spirits and other spiritual guides are like that, that you have to take the time to get to know them, to see what they're about. Um, even though there are different meanings and interpretations, like in this culture or in this spiritual path, the snake means this and the snake me- and the elephant means this. And, you know, and, and there's all these books written about these definition, definitions about the meaning of animals. They are, they're, those are all cultural perspectives. So it's important to keep an open mind (laughs) because you could read something about the snake that is common around all cultures. But when the snake comes to you in a dream, it's doing something uniquely different for you. And so be open to variations in these stories. Mm -hmm. Another thing is that, um, just like when you're getting to know somebody and you're forming a relationship, you want to get to know these things. In the excerpts before, they talked about how the ancient Africans would observe these animals. They would look at them. How do they hunt? How do they eat? What do they do in the day? What do they do in the night? You know, um, if you're, uh, you know, someone that is an, a night owl, you know, you have that nocturnal thing and you are very creative at night this then um and and the owl spirit is coming to you or something like that um you want to because sometimes when we have certain things about ourselves it's like we want to change it and maybe you want to embrace it embrace that the night is your hour and that that is a time for you to work on your creative projects um and and just things of that nature so it is common to create and engage just like we talk about creating altars for our ancestors you can create rituals or practices that are common um for animal spirits you know spending time in the places in nature where they typically found learning and about the biology around this animal spirit some people will donate and dedicate their lives to dolphins and things of that nature um whatever form of reverence that is coming to you and resonating with you is important and 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 good and significant So ultimately, I, I, this idea of embodying animal spirits um, or embodiment is something that I really, really feel is associated with animal spirits or totems. Um, and one of the first times that I experienced this was that I, I was an initiate and um, I was with my Baba or my spiritual teacher. And there was this woman who was having an issue in her home in that she kept hearing this noise and it was just consistent every day. And she just started to get this sense that there was like a ghost or some type of spirit that's just in the house. 
um, not necessarily bad or evil, but it was just starting to really pick her curiosity. So I go with my Baba to this woman's house and the sound seems to be have been coming from the basement. So we go down to the basement and first thing that my Baba says to do is to call on my ancestors and help figure out what's going on here. And so if you listen to the episode about um, sound as a portal, you know that this was like the hard thing right here. And I'm like, okay, what is, okay, I'm just going <laughs> to sit down and get myself together and do this, this, you know, our traditional way of invoking the energy of the ancestors. So um, when I started to do this, I started to first my, feel my whole body going low down to the ground and I started to move my body and slither my body like a snake and then all of a sudden the energy shifted and changed and I started to get up and walk around and then I literally started to roar I started to roar and roar and roar in every direction of the room yes and basic and ultimately I was embodying the spirit of the lion and the lion was roaring and clearing the energy in the space um and ultimately at the end of this story we figured out uh, um, some of the things that were going on in the house but what I can say about this feeling like feeling the lion spirit in in the body and um in embodying it from uh, an altered state, if you will. Um, it felt like we think of lions as very powerful and very courageous, but it felt like, it felt like the sun in Burkina Faso at 150 degrees, like it, it's, it doesn't get that hot, but it does go into the hundreds. Um, and it just felt like this, light or this surge was coming um from high above and beaming in my body and like I could tell that I was only feeling maybe 25% of what it really was and it was the first time reflecting on this experience I realized what it means when the spirits or you know, I think I said this earlier in another episode, but just like how, you know, channeling energy, it's like we're just tapping into a little bit. Or I was talking about the brain and how our, our ability or our capacity to um, use the different levels of our brain waves. And it's like that experience really solidified that concept for me because there's so much more that the spirits could give or, you know, channel through us or have us experience, but there's only so much that the body can also take. Um, another just concept and thing that I wanted to bring up, I wasn't sure why the ancestors wanted to bring, wanted me to bring this up, but I, I kind of see it now. And in our particular tradition in, in Southern Africa, there is um, a ritual that is called Ukufemba. And Ukufemba is a way of sniffing out problems so in the modern world you would call this depossession and in the modern world when we think about possession we are thinking about what we see in the scary movies but ultimately it's really just about 
um, finding where negative energies or negative forces are in our bodies or in our spaces and then expelling or dispelling them and um, sending that energy in a space that it in a place that it can no longer do harm in um, shamanic or neo shamanic practices they call this a shamanic extraction um, but ukufemba sometimes is actually a very intense ritual in that usually the priest um, or the healer isn't just doing this alone and um, a part of it or sometimes the ancestors will come in through ukufemba and they'll just start sniffing 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 they'll sniff the person they'll sniff the room until they find yes um the problem and the source of the problem and then do the work to sniff it out or clear the energy and um i realized that the ancestors were bringing the story because this idea of like sniffing 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 i mean sniffing isn't the only way that ukufemba happens and um ukufemba isn't the only way that um energies are extracted but even just this concept of sniffing 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 is like is very animalistic yes um it's an it's ancestral spirits that are coming in and using those qualities or those magical powers of our animalistic ways in order to clear energy um so one of the things around embodiment is that you know we and, and animal spirits is that we connect with them to connect with their abilities so you know we are always talking about wanting to see something i want clarity i want help um as you may have a guide or a connection with a bird, with a hawk, with an owl, who's able to fly high above situations and see things from many different perspectives. Or you may um, even have, <sighs> there's so much that I could say, but you know, um, you can call upon or ask upon your spiritual guide that comes in the form of an animal to help you see things from their perspective, to help you create things from the ways and the magical properties that they have. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm like trying to choose my words wisely here, but I, to me, it's a space to just explore. It's nothing to force. Um, and more so sharing these things to, for you to understand um, the context and what's possible um, a lot of times when we first experience animal spirits, it feels scary, right? When the, when I talked about the lion dream in episode one, I was scared of the lions and I ran. A lot of times when people share their dreams to me around snakes, they all automatically assume that it's a negative thing or a negative force that is coming in. And um, so I have two things to say about that. One um, sometimes it's just scary because we are so out of our animalistic comfort, right? We didn't grow up on a farm. We didn't grow up in the jungle. And so when some of these spirits starts to come in those forms, it's just like shocking to us, especially if it's, <clears throat> excuse me, especially if it's not an animal that is like a dog or domesticated. And so my guidance here is to not always just assume fear. And over time, you will notice that your relationship with these beings, once you get used to it, shifts and evolves and changes. Second thing that I want to say around this is that animal spirits, just like all spirits, have a light and a shadow side. So you may have a dream where or even um, it brings me back to that um, dream that was shared at the beginning of the episode where the worm was white. 
um, you can start to associate these things. Well, okay, this is something that is clearing. It felt like something positive that was happening with that dream. But let's say, for example, the worm was black um, or the, the dream was just terribly frightening and very negative then we would know that you're seeing a shadow side of us of, of the animal and again it's still a reflection of you um one time a woman shared with me a, a dream around snakes and um well two people did actually one one person you know the snake was kind of like erratic and out of control and I think the, the snake was black and I was helping her to see how this snake was also a representation of her you know your kundalini your power um is overactive you know how they talk about how our chakras are overactive or underactive sometimes our animal the animal spirits in the dream will come in a way that is overactive to show us something about the way that the energy is vibrating inside of us um the other snake dream that I was thinking about it was just it was just a woman who was just assumed that the dream was negative and then like there was some type of spiritual attack that she needed protection from but I was just like no this is showing you this is just a, a guide yes or a reflection or a form of you that you just need to embrace mm. um, and not be afraid of because we are afraid of our own power in a number of different ways yes um last part about the shadow side of animal spirits is that at least in our tradition you hear stories of sometimes when negative witchcraft or negative medicine and acts or spiritual attacks happen um you know how you know african people sometimes will talk about like someone throwing something at you or someone sending you negativity or hexing and things of that nature um sometimes you hear stories of or 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 messages spiritual messages and divinations around um a certain animal spirit that was sent to to you as a form of bad magic um and and so you hear stories of people being sent, you know, demonic like beings or people, demonic animalistic like beings or um, gremlins and, you know, the stuff that you see in the movies or the stuff that you hear in these um, mythical oral traditions. You know, sometimes they will have an animal that is represented in its dark side or in its shadow side or in its negative side, whatever word you want to use um, to represent something that is out of balance or something negative. Um, again, because because this worm was white I did not see that it was something some form of negative animal spirit that was sent it was just something that was in her that needed to be cleared um but just to mention that the other side or the shadow side of this does exist um so that was a lot <laughs> All right, I want to close this section about animal spirits by just mentioning some things that I've noticed personally um, with animal spirits because I talked a little bit about, you know, they would come, they would show up here and there, and I was trying to grasp and hold on to them, um, but they were doing their thing. Um, but along the journey, um, I just noticed certain things that made the, the things that I'm sharing just very true and um, in modern shamanic circles they use this term called power retrieval 
So it comes from this concept of soul loss, that when we experience certain pains or traumas or negative experiences in our life, that certain aspects of our soul um, check out. And it's like, I I don't want to be here for this. And so it goes somewhere else, certain fragments of our soul, because the soul can't just leave the body and you still be alive. But it's a metaphor. And, um, And so when we're doing healing, we are any type of healing you know when we're removing negativity when we're removing blocks when we're removing illness it creates space for certain aspects of our power to come back for certain aspects of our soul to feel at home in the body again so um there are these terms of soul retrieval and power retrieval um and and rituals and ceremonies that are done to focus on this as well um I, in terms of power retrieval, they associate it specifically with animal spirits. So because we have this disconnect for a number of different reasons with the spiritual realm, there are certain, um, you know, just journeys that we can take or energy healings that we can do to bring back the magical powers or the strong connection that we have with certain animal spirits. And, um... I bring this up because one of the things that I experienced was, you know, we talk about waking up. So you wake up, you become aware of who you are, or you become aware of the spiritual realm. And one of the things that I've experienced is in the process of me waking up, I have seen certain spiritual guides wake up inside of me. So not only this concept that like we're asleep in this world and then we wake up, but I have seen certain guides or animal spirits I don't know if seen is the right word, but I have felt certain animal spirits at significant moments of my life, significant now looking back, um, where there were just these activations that happened and I felt them literally like from a sleep state to a waking state. And then now, yes, those energies have been with me since that waking up, right? So... I say this because I had an experience where I felt not only I had a dream first. I had a dream about a particular animal spirit and in the dream the animal spirit was just sleeping. It was sleeping in nature. And then a week later I was a part of a ceremony and in that ceremony in the ritual I felt the energy of this spirit. I didn't see it but I felt it and I knew which animal it was and I literally felt it waking up and then I started to you know how you know different animals have different ways of breathing or different breathing patterns that are different from human ways of breathing but as this energy woke up I felt like I was breathing in this world for the first time as my animal spirit or one of my animal spirits so a part of the activations and a part of the waking up is a, doing the work um, or just walking this journey in life. And sometimes we just have spontaneous activations um, and, and these spirits waking up is a part of what I experience with animal spirits. Another thing that I, I want to mention is that there was um, this animal spirit that was coming here and there and I was just like trying to figure it out what do I do to connect with the spirit or what kind of little ritual can I create to connect with the spirit and um I was just doing some random research and this this particular spirit has a sound that it this particular animal has a sound that it makes that like even scientists have researched and so I was just 
looking at I was just reading about it and I, and I just had all of these epiphanies in my mind and I was inspired to fall asleep listening I think I mentioned this in another episode I don't know I can't keep track of what I said when anymore but <laughs> I may have mentioned this before but it's coming to me again now but I was inspired to just for like days and weeks to fall asleep listening to the sound of this animal so some of you may listen to nature sounds um, and things of that nature and if there's a certain sound you know going back to sound as a portal um, that are associated with an animal spirit you know sometimes you're not able to go in nature to where some of these beings are Um, but listening just to the sound of this animal produced dreams and produced visions and produced experiences for me to continue to understand what their power is that is inside of me Um, I have experienced certain animal spirits come up in a dream like um, it was a horse right but it wasn't a regular horse it felt like a mystical horse like a horse that you could not find find in this world and I was kind of like at a barn and I was like at the gate of the horse and they were bringing it's like they were bringing this horse but then it's like they took it away because I wasn't ready to ride it yeah boo and so this idea that I was talking about about spirits circling around you know sometimes they just reveal themselves to you for you to know what you have and who is with you but it's not necessarily the time to you know have a party and and chill with them like that um I just thought that was interesting you know I never had a dream that way where the spirit was it's just like hey this is here but we're just gonna keep this in our pocket or in our, our our trunk um or in our um in the farm until you're ready to interact um animal spirits I've seen animal spirits be very playful in dreams um I was once by the water and there were like a bunch of turtles and I was like trying to catch them and they just kept like no maybe it was yeah they just kept like jumping and moving um in the waters and on the rocks and I could never catch them um just sharing stories and examples of different ways that we can we interact with animal spirits in the dream and how they interact with us um yeah I think that's that's what I wanted to say and what I wanted to share um for this segment and this episode around animal spirits it's something that continually unfolds it's something that um sometimes is not easy to grasp it's something that's very much a part of who we are you know I definitely see why like witches are very much connected to familiars because in the spiritual realm animal spirits feel like our best friends the ones that we play with the ones that we interact with but they also are so helpful they are helping spirits Mm um yeah that's what I wanted to share close this episode by answering a question that was sent to me um and this question was around they were asking about they were telling me that they constantly go to get readings 
every time they go to get a reading the 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 messages that are coming through are around the problems that this person is having in their lives and it having to do with the ancestors so the ancestors creating problems in his life in order to get his attention so and he asked well how is this love how is this um, a good thing for the ancestors to disrupt my life just to get my attention and um, I think this is a question that sometimes we all have whether we're associating it with ancestors you know why is life doing this to me why are we learning things the hard way um, and my first thought about this is that it's it's very difficult, um, actually impossible, for myself as a, a diviner and a healer to talk about what somebody else said in a reading, right? Um, it's I didn't channel that information. I can only sit and channel what I see with you. Um, but just looking at this circumstance and situation, there are some things that I felt might be helpful to share. And one of the first things is if one, it makes me want, if I know if I was thinking this, I would need to look at myself, right? I'm receiving messages. I'm receiving alerts, big old red signs from the spiritual realm. And, um, the ancestors are always involved. So why am I not doing it? You know, or maybe you have, maybe you have. But if you keep receiving messages from your ancestors and you're not doing anything about it, you haven't applied the message, you haven't done the prescription or the ritual um, to clear the energy, um, then yeah, <laughs> you're going to keep getting the same types of messages. Um, one of the things that sometimes happens in readings is that sometimes things just get lost in translation. You know, one of the things to understand about us as seers or intuitives and diviners is that we are interpreters of the spiritual realm. Um, we're receiving information and then putting that into English, into Zulu, into Yoruba, into French, into Spanish. And so sometimes the way that we articulate the spiritual realm is based on our cultural understandings our spiritual traditions and metaphysical laws that we are understanding applies to our lives and in Africa you hear a lot of just you know the ancestors are angry or the ancestors are saying this or the ancestors are creating this problem and it's just helpful to keep in mind that these things are often metaphors they're interpretations you know two or three healers may divine on something and come and share a message and a story that's slightly different in their wording but we're all talking about the same thing um, and it's also helpful to understand well I think that it's also I know one thing that I'm really careful about is how I articulate the messages that I give about what the ancestors in the spiritual realm is saying because I understand that this is formulating and this is structuring or this is impacting your condition you know the, the community's conditioning and how they understand things so I try my best to communicate information directly without creating more fear or without creating more stress and worry um and but that's also ultimately up to each individual you know there's things that the spirits showed me and told me and messages that were like that felt devastating but really we just needed to know 
you will and this question around well how is this love um I use this example a lot where I say it's very helpful to look at the ancestors and our spiritual guides as like a future version of yourself or a higher version of yourself. You know, when you think about when you were 16 and 9 and 12 and the things that you know now that you wish you knew then, you know, they are like that. They just they can see maybe they're not the ones that are creating the problem, but they can see the source of the problem and where it came from. And thus they're bringing it to your attention. You know, when we get readings, we're tuning into the high level guides that may be saying, hey, this one cousin or this one ancestor over here is problematic, just like some people are problematic or this ancestor is suffering or this ancestor is complaining because of something that is unresolved because of some type of trauma and because they're still living that trauma it's creating imbalances in your life Mm. because we are them and they are us and and what's in our dna and our blood does impact us so it's just helpful to understand these contexts and perspectives and when i think about the love you know what would you do what would you do to relay a message to you to make sure that you got it to make sure like hey don't overlook this you know how what lengths would you go to to get a message to you um, to make sure that you can have a better life so that you can be more successful so that you can finally help all of the ancestors or beings or energies in this world that need to shift Mm. I think that ultimately that is the most important thing because the ancestors definitely love us. They love us more than we can understand sometimes. Um, and they want the best and the highest or the, and the betterment of the community. They're concerned about more than just you mm. um, or that one, just one family member. So they like to be involved I hope that makes it clear for everyone and um, offers a perspective that is helpful on your journey. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Peace. If you feel called or are in need of support, I recommend booking a reading to see what the ancestors are saying about your life, about the issues and the things that you are noticing on your journey. You can book a reading with me on my website at sacredliberation.com. I suggest also possibly exploring the frequently asked questions section just to get a sense of how I work and if I'm the reader for you. You can continue to find more information about ancestral healing through my blog, through Instagram, or my YouTube channel. And again, if you would like to submit a dream, a vision, or an experience that you've had that you would love to hear my perspective on, feel free to send a message on Instagram or through WhatsApp in the number in the show notes. If you feel called to support this work and um, continue to allow me to create all of this content, um, you can do so by donating in the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you continue to do the work, continue to connect with your ancestors and honor their legacy. Tokozani.